Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. The end of that one story, I'll I'll give you the conclusion. The Bible says, when Jesus said that, the young man turned and walked away following himself sad. He made the wrong choice. You see, the call doesn't require Jesus to do anything more than the call. The response is up to you and me. Have you responded to the call of Jesus Christ on your life? Maybe you're not sure what that call is. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners that while the location and vocation of each believer may be different, the call to follow Christ wholeheartedly remains the same. Many have chosen to pursue wealth and success on this earth. They will find out what they were chasing is far from eternal. Don't fall into the trap of believing that your career and financial pursuits are what's most important in this life. Jesus wants to be your first priority as he has already made you his. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part two in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. You see, the decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. So we gave you five keys last week. I'm going to go through those very quickly. You don't need to write them down, but we do need to focus a little on them. Number one, what about the future, your future? Number one, we know our future is in God's hands. If you're Christ follower today, your future is in the hands of God. Number two, we know our future involves time. Number three, we know our future includes everything needed for godly success. In other words, whatever God has for us in the future, he's going to provide. Where God guides, God provides. And that came from 2 Peter. Let me read it to you. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So we learn two little words with that. If if God's going to call me to do something, there will be in my life, in your life, no lack. So turn to your neighbor right now and just say, no lack. Go ahead, just do it. No lack. So you say, well, how does that apply to my future? What does that really look like? That was our fourth point. We know our future, because of that, has unlimited possibilities. In other words, the field is wide open. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what do you mean unlimited? Come on. Well, wait a minute. God's 
all-knowing, all-powerful, nothing impossible. That means it's unlimited. And we use this verse, Ephesians 3.20, you see it in all of our campuses. Now, all glory to God, not to us, not to a church, not to you, who is able through his mighty power, notice where the power is, it's at work within every Christ follower, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You see, God is way bigger in action and thought than, well, our mind can't even comprehend what he has for us. And we don't want to limit God, so we just have no lack, but we use two words to talk about this fourth point, no excuses. You see, lots of times we know we have no lack. Okay, the field's unlimited. No excuses. So turn to the neighbor on the other side of you, and with the emphatic no, just say, no excuses. Go ahead and do it. That's right. Some of you on all of our campuses are bummed already. No excuses. In other words, when God calls us, there's no lack. And we can't make an excuse because it's his power that will accomplish what he wants. Well, we kind of put it all in context. We've asked you to turn to James chapter 4, almost to the end of the Bible. Revelation, just back up four or five books. The book of James, go to chapter 4, if you will. Now, this is a person just like you or me doing life, doing what life requires. We go down to verse 13, James four thirteen. Now, listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, carry on business, make money. God replies to that individual, well, wait a minute, why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then, poof, poof, vanishes. So here's the solution. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. Now, we see this person, just like you and me, and this person's making plans, setting goals to make a profit. He, he, he's, notice, he, he's, he, he knows where he's going. He's picked a city out. He's got his airline reservations. He's going to go there. He's going to work on some business. It's a business plan he's all got. His daytimer's filled with all these things, all the right people lined up, everything there. By the way, nothing wrong with that. It's just like what we all do in life. The Bible encourages planning, for sure. The Bible encourages goal setting. And absolutely, the Bible encourages making a profit. But there's a problem. In these plans, this person is doing life in all of the plans that he's made, good plans, good stuff, are made without God. God isn't in the picture. He's nowhere around. So notice the solution in verse 15. Instead, here's the way you do life. It's the Lord's will. We have to consult God first in all of our plans. God reminds us in that passage that life is short, and it, it, you can't just focus on tomorrow. You want to plan for tomorrow. You absolutely want to plan for tomorrow. That, that's wise. You want to plan for tomorrow. But while you're planning, live today. This is the only day you have. It's the only day I have. So we're going to learn this morning 
how to put that into practice. Number five, we know our future starts with what you just saw. Today, we got, I need to plan for tomorrow. I need to plan for 212. Got all those good things, good, good stuff. But I have to learn to live today. Now, notice it says, with God. Well, how do we do that? Pastor Mark, what exactly does it mean to do life with God? I'm glad you asked. We're going to go back 2,000 years ago and visit an area in Israel called the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus is going to give us an answer of what it means to do life with God. Now, that area is where Jesus did most of his ministry, 7 by 13 miles, all around the cities, all around that area. And that's where we're going to go today. Now, if we're going to go back there and we're going to get into it, we have to do something very different. You, you can't go to Israel and go where Jesus is unless you put your sandals on. I want you to put your sandals on. For those of you that can bend over, if you can't, you need to make a future trip to the spa. So I'm going to put these on, and we're going to learn together today. Now, as I put these on, some of you are going to say, what is wrong with you? I heard you. You thought you... I, I, I read minds. Well, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just crazy. Here's why I put these on. Here's why I put them on. Most people, when they go to church... You're going to take a few notes. You worship. 50 minutes from now, you're out of here. It was a nice time. That's good. It's wonderful. But I want to teach you some principles today. I'm not into religion. And if you'll listen to Jesus today, and I'm serious, I don't say this lightly, understanding what he's going to teach us, you will never be the same again. Not what I tell you. So I put these on to remind us something has to be different in our life. See, if nothing changes, nothing changes. It, just, it doesn't change. So I know you want to be what God wants you to be. No lack, no excuse. I know you want that. But sometimes we can't put flesh around. We can't get So I have the sandals on to remind you we're going back. This teaching is for you. Turn to the book of Mark. The book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Second book in the New Testament, Mark. It's, a great, it's one of the greatest books in the Bible. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Mark. Now, get down to verse 14. Jesus has been uh, actually down south in Judea. He got started with his ministry, and he goes back to the picture you just saw, the Sea of Galilee his hometown area, and he goes down to probably Capernaum and around through those areas, and uh, he's going to make an amazing announcement. We begin in verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, that would be John the Baptist, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near Repent and believe the good news. So Jesus 
is announcing his radical message, a message of salvation to the people. They've never heard anything like it. Here's what he says. Anyone, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your age, anyone can repent and believe the good news and you'll become a believer and it'll change your life here on earth and change your eternal destiny. Anyone can do it. Now notice he uses the word, he says, the time has come. We learned a lot about time. That word in the original language means this, strategic opportunity, the decisive time. What Jesus was saying is, I'm standing before you. This is your opportunity to accept the good news. Don't let it pass you by. In the original language, if you, if you put a picture to it, it's like a fruit on a tree that's ripe. You, you gotta, the time is now. So what Jesus is saying is to these people, the time to act is now. Don't delay or, 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 you, or you'll miss out. Now, for those of you that are here in Melbourne and in uh, Orlando and Sebastian and, and in Vera, and you're not a believer yet, I just want to say to you, what Jesus is saying to you today is this, the time is now. Today is the day to get rid of your sins, to start right, and do life with God. You'll have that opportunity. For the rest of us, You're going to see this is just the beginning. We're already Christians. This is just the beginning, this radical message. But it's a message you and I need to learn because we're going to have the responsibility of sharing the good news with other people. So first thing to write down, uh, four keys today. Here's number one. Radical message, repent, which means total change in your way of living, and believe Believe not in the head, but believe with action. It's a verb. And do it now. You see, Jesus understood the principle of time as we taught last week. So what Jesus is saying to these people is don't miss this opportunity. Now is the time to change your life forever. That's the same exact message, same exact radical message we have 2,000 years later. God will take any person's life, doesn't matter their background, and change them. Well, the very next thing we see Jesus doing is this. He knew he had a short window of time. Jesus knew that he had about three years on this earth after he started his ministry. And he would be gone to heaven. So the very next thing Jesus knows, he knows there's an urgency. He begins choosing, inviting 12 men to follow him, the 12 disciples. And as he's doing that, the whole thing is going to be, he's going to say to them, I want you to come alongside me. I want you to come, and and I'm going to show you how to take this message that I just gave you to the world. So, by the way, when we look at these 12 men, I want to sit down for a moment. When we look at these 12 men, notice my sandals. Here's where we get in trouble. Well, Pastor Mark, you're going to talk about the 12 apostles. You're going to talk about the 12 disciples. It has nothing to do with me. No, it has everything to do with you. The call you're going to see, the lifestyle you're going to see, was not just for the 12. It's for every single person that's a believer. Remember, this teaching is for you. So the things we see Jesus do to the disciples are the very things that you and I, every single believer, are to do as well. Look at verse 16. 
And as Jesus walked in his sandals beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon. We know him better as Peter. And his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And here's those familiar words. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you, I'll make of you something, I'll do it. I'll make you fishers of men. Look at the response in verse 18. At once, they left their nets and followed him. And when he gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat. They were preparing their nets. And without delay, he called them. And they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men, and notice the last words, and followed him. Now, this is not the first time that these four had met Jesus. The book of John tells us that months earlier, Jesus had met these four men. They had all come to repentance and belief, as Jesus had said. They were already believers. They were already, we would say, saved. They were converts. But here, Jesus is going to take them a step further. It's, a ste- it's the same step that he wants for you and for me. So what does that look like? It wasn't only a radical message, repent and believe. Here's the second thing you want to write today. It was a radical call or radical invitation. Follow me. You can see the picture. Follow me. And basically what it says is this. Let's do life together. Notice it's not following a church, not following Calvary Chapel or Catholic Church, Baptist or Presbyterian Church. It's follow me. It's a relationship. Now, as you look at that, what did these few words mean to these four men? Well, in the simplest word, to follow me in those days, this was their picture. It's not our picture today. To follow me meant this. Watch me. To walk the same road. Because people walked in those days. They didn't drive. They didn't have cars. So to follow a person was to walk the same road road that they were walking. So it's doing a lifestyle with the person you are following. There's someone leading, and you're following. That was a common invitation from Jesus all through the Bible. Later in Mark chapter 2, it says, as Jesus walked along, he, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus. That was another one that we know by the name of Matthew. He was sitting at the tax collector's booth, Notice what happens. Jesus said to him, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. Notice the command comes and there needs to be an action. Later in the book of Luke, Jesus runs into, well, actually a young man runs to Jesus. He's rich. He's a ruler. He's got everything a young man could ever want. And yet he's looking, his question to Jesus is this, how do I get eternal life? How do I get to heaven? See, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can have everything the world offers, but you're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. There's something missing. So he comes to Jesus, and he goes through all this deal. The bottom line, here's what Jesus says to him. Young man, you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. You say, well, I have to be a Christian. I have to give up everything I have, money? No, you're talking about 
the money was his God. So Jesus says to him, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And his last four words to this young man are this, then come and follow me. The decisions we make today turn around and make us tomorrow. At the end of that one story, I'll, I'll give you the conclusion. The Bible says when Jesus said that, the young man turned and walked away following himself sad. He made the wrong choice. You see, the call doesn't require Jesus to do anything more than the call. The response is up to you and me. Well, Bezer Mike put some sense to it, to walk. I mean, Jesus isn't here. To, to walk the same road, what does that mean? Here's what it means. Write this down. Definition, all four campuses. To follow, become a disciple. And here's my definition of a disciple. It's a lifelong learner under discipline. In other words, as I follow Christ in this relationship, what Jesus was just saying to them was, come and do everyday life with me. I want you to copy my example of living. I want to be your role model. Here's how to do life right. So that's exactly what this means. See, the first thing that happens in our life when we accept Jesus Christ, we become a convert. And then we move to this thing called discipleship. And that's what we call at this campus and all of our campuses a Christ follower because that's what we're doing. And you're going to see the difference between a convert and a disciple. Now, notice that says a lifelong learner. Why? Well, I, I've been a follower of Jesus Christ for more than 60 years. I'm still learning. See, if, if you're not still learning, you're kind of a miserable person. You think you got it all together? Good luck. I don't have it all together. So it's a lifelong learner. Notice the last part of that said, under discipline. It's a word we don't like. Under discipline. It means uh, someone's going to help me keep on the path. I need that. I need to be under loving discipline. Now, what Jesus was just trying to say was this. Guys, you're saved. You're all four saved. You're all converted. You're all going to heaven. But I want to show you what I want to really do with your life. I, I want to show you how to change your world as you yourself are changed. So that's what Jesus was saying, and that's what they responded. So I, I want to take just a moment to seal a moment. Here's my sandals. You've got them on. When Jesus says to you this morning, um, come follow me, what does that mean to you? Are you following? Or are you just a convert? Our future has unlimited possibilities when we follow Jesus daily. The call to Christ is not a one-time thing, but a daily commitment. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that a radical lifestyle such as this always leads to endless possibilities. Why? Because we become the hands, feet, and mouth of Jesus. He's able to do so much with a heart that's willing to serve Him. Have you committed all of yourself every day for the Lord's work? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
Here's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. I know I'm supposed to follow God every day, but what does that even mean? How do I practically follow Him? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will address these common questions of the believer. The biggest way we can follow Christ is by connecting with Him through prayer and listening to the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes as believers, we can forget the incredible resource we have at our fingertips through God Himself. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurry